Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Freaking first cut. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's American Express. Joining me to break it all down, Mark Immelman on the road, sir. Good to see you. Yeah, first of 28 events for me on the road this year. 23 for CBS, 5 for PGA Tour Live. This week we were with PGA Tour Live, but Tory Pines next week, Rick. Uh, you're all stomping ground there. I'm looking forward to it. I'll see you there. Looking forward to it. Well, uh, Yeah, right. Let's do it. Uh, Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, good to see you. Life on tour for you, Mark. Uh, yeah, not quite, not so much for me this year, but I will be watching all 28 of those events. And um, if I had to guess, I'd say the all the other ones too. <laughs> Golf nerd, you and me. <laughs> Probably a good guess. Uh, we'll have Kyle here in a couple of minutes. He's just finishing up writing, and we'll and we'll bring him in while we have a couple of minutes. Let's let's address the elephant in the room here, gentlemen. Uh, if if you are watching us on YouTube right now, you are not watching us on the First Cut Podcast YouTube channel. You are watching us on the Golf on CBS. YouTube channel. So this is, it was funny, Greg. I got a couple of tweets that were like, uh, Rick, is everything okay? The, the YouTube has changed. There wasn't round by round recaps this week. They thought we were, uh, we were all canned. I'm happy to say we were not. Yes. Uh, I'm quite thrilled about it too. And Hey, pretty cool to be on the, uh, golf on CBS YouTube page. So, um, I hope everybody has a, a the opportunity to find it. I, I know we'll put out a little promotion so everybody can find it, whether it's live or even, even afterwards. But, um, but yeah, pretty cool. Glad and, and glad we're not canned. Yeah. Speaking of getting canned, you guys are kicked me off the Tuesday preview show. So I've been a bit concerned that I'm on the hot seat too. So uh, I'm glad I'm here for Sunday night at least. Patrick is a feisty one, man. He gets on those Tuesday shows and I think it's, I think it's better for everybody, Mark. He, he could, he'll come after you. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're now more aligned with you, Mark. So this is, this is actually a good thing for us. So they, uh, CBS sports also did this with, uh, the college football podcast, the NFL podcast. This gets us more aligned where we can use like clips and we can have content from the show, Mark, and we can put it on the YouTube channel and then the podcast can live underneath the youtube channel like this is this is a good thing for us all right maybe you maybe i'll make a banner call this year on one of the cbs show that you guys can replay uh i'm fingers crossed maybe next week is your is your week maybe maybe next week huh? you never know uh the other thing is so we have 
we have a full-time golf producer uh, like here, like onboarding right now. So we're going to have a dedicated resource, which is not always something. And Greg, you know, this, like not always something with CBS sports, there's, there's HQ, there's, there's, there's like a million things going on, right? There's live, there's editorial, there's just a million, a million things going on. We're going to have a dedicated golf producer, to focus like the vast majority of their attention. So, so the changes that we're going through, we're going through like two or three weeks of growing pains and then we'll be rocking and rolling, but this is all good stuff. Yeah. Off to um, a, a really good start. And I know the growing pains will be worth it. And once we get that going into full gear, um, I assume we're going back to round by round recaps and, right. and we'll have a little bit more to add to the show and, um, and it should be great. So no fears. If, if you miss a, a Thursday round recap, they will definitely be back. Yeah, we think like two more weeks. We don't have a definite date yet, but yes, we're gonna get the round by round recaps back as soon as possible. We'll be we'll be rocking and rolling and 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 everything from there. Also, Greg, uh I, I don't we have also other big news, but I don't think we're allowed to say it yet. I think we're just gonna have to just hold on to that one for a couple of weeks. Well, well, uh, don't tell me because I can't keep a secret. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I really am I think I'm an all right secret keeper. I'm a terrible secret. But I know what that big news is. Yeah. So I actually, I it just hit me. I didn't when you first said it, but I know now. And I somebody, am going to keep that secret. Somebody text me, Rick. Uh, and Armina having a little one. What's going on? I need to know. No, uh, no, no, no. Jeez. No, it is, no, it is uh, personal. professional based. I'll text uh, you. Really? I'll text no, you. Yeah. Cool. And, and the whole world will know so, shortly. But uh yeah, we'll text you on that. Uh, all right, Jess. Well, you well, think the whole world is going to know? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I hope. The, I wow, hope this is a little bit bigger. Than, I mean, I knew this was a big deal, but that's bigger than I thought. We're definitely uh, pumping it up way bigger than it actually is. But that's, you know, that's kind of the fun here. Um, all right. So we'll wait on Kyle or not wait on Kyle. We'll bring Kyle in when he when he gets here. But we've got a winner in Palm Springs and his name I've heard of this guy is John Rom 27 under par he was the pre-tournament favorite seven and a half to one one shot clear of Davis Thompson we'll get to him in just a second uh Mark this day started with John Rom and Davis Thompson uh tied at the top we were kind of expecting, I think most people were expecting John Rom to just bulldoze through this young kid at a place he's already won and he's coming off, you know, three wins in his last five starts. It was a lot closer than a lot of people thought it was going to be. I'll tell you, probably closer than John Rom thought it was going to be too. Uh, and and I tell you, our crew, our production crew did a really cool thing. Our producer called me last night. And he said, listen, we're building this graphic and we're calling it Davis versus Goliath. Can you build on this? And it was basically a tale of the tape where they played how many wins, blah, blah, blah. And obviously, you, you got John Rahm and the resume is is incredible versus Davis Thompson, who's a rookie. And um, so they, he goes, can you build on this? So I said to him, well, if you're okay, I'm going to make one or two uh, comparisons to David and Goliath. And he said, okay, I'm concerned to see where you're going to go. But but, but so he let, <laughs> he let me go a little bit. And so they showed the graphic and, and they were just wildly outmatched, obviously. And I said, look, in the story of David and Goliath, uh, David did all the preparation as a shepherd boy and and, and he was up for the thing because he knew he had prepared for it. And then I'm like, when he showed up on the battlefield against Goliath, he was just filled with a whole lot of self-confidence. 
And I'm like, for Davis, he's going to do the same thing. He's going to get out there and just keep the thing the thing. Not get caught up in John Rahm's wash. Just keep playing golf. You've got there. You know you're playing well. Because too too often when uh, someone who hasn't been there gets in the final group, they just get blown over because they, they start almost watching TV, the guy next to them, the star, versus just playing their game. So I'm like, if you are just like David in the situation where he's got his four pebbles and he knows he's done this and you just keep it golf and you just hit shots and uh, and you just go ahead, you got a bit of a chance. And lo and behold, he came out and he makes a birdie early-ish and sort of hangs around and hangs around and Ram doesn't get away. And, and I tell you what, but for, you know, that putt on 17, goodness gracious me, that could have gone in. And it, it was close. And I'm sure in as much as what Davis Thompson is probably ruining the fact that he didn't win, he can look back on this and go, wow, I've surged up the rankings. I've set myself up for a big season. And out of this, imagine the confidence. This boy must be as high as a kite right now in terms of how he's feeling about himself because he hung with arguably the best golfer in the world right now. Uh, absolutely did went toe to toe with him throughout did not roll over uh, like most people were expecting I believe we have him let's bring him in Kyle Porter hi KP how we doing what up good how are you I'm good playoff football fun tournament John Rahm's gonna win six points at the Ryder Cup this year I would be impressed if he did that they'll play him twice in singles Hey, Carl, I want to toss a little something at you real fast. Luke Donald may be paying a whole bunch of attention to Matt Schmidt because, my goodness gracious, that boy looked legitimate today. And and if you're looking to reach down the list for someone who could knock off a player or two in the Ryder Cup, Matty Schmidt from Germany is a good one. They're going to they're gonna have to reach down the list after all their 46-year-olds that play on that other tour aren't, aren't available. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, the uh, not to talk about. I mean, so the DP World Tour had. I mean, like Victor Perez won today, and um, uh, Francesco and Guido were what thirty six or fifty four hole leader. There, there, might Europeans might be building towards, might be building towards something in a couple of months. I, I love it. It's it's January twenty second. We're talking about the Ryder Cup. This is awesome. Yeah, baby. I love it. <laughs> we just got derailed. Uh, it's a Ryder Cup conversation. Um, he it is not. Uh, easy to start, Greg, when you've got John Rahm who comes out of the gate, birdies one and two, a combined proximity on his approach shots on the first two swings of the day. Three feet, 11 inches. Uh, I think I could even <laughs> knock both of those in. So th- this was hot out of the gate for Rom before he kind of found, I don't want to say putting troubles. I mean, he he hit a ton of great putts. He found a lot of lips. Nothing dropped for him, but uh, obviously slower than birdieing every hole out of the gate. Yes. Um, and this is going to be one. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on how the stats will play out. We talk about how it's not very often somebody loses strokes putting for a week and wins. And this will go down as that for John Rahm, although it only counts two of the rounds when, when you look at the stats. Um, but the thing about John Rahm is the putting has been phenomenal and it was really all week until today. And yesterday was so, so as well. But, um, but I just, I look at his putting and the completeness of his game and in the last, I mean, he's gained over four strokes putting in six of the last seven events entering, entering this, this would be the eighth event, but I put a big asterisk next to it because we only get half the tournament uh, calculating 
the shot link data. So I, I think John Rahm's game is complete. And that's exactly what you saw today when when the putting kind of slowed down for him. Uh, he was able to match it and keep up with great ball striking and shots like you saw at number one and number two. He was able to give himself looks all day. He had a go to tee shot off the tee like he has pretty much his entire career where he's able to uh, keep control of his golf ball at number 16 and put it in the fairway and, and go make a exciting, but um, somewhat easy look. He had an easy look at number 16 where, um, where Davis Thompson hit it in the bunker and had to lay up and that kind of reliability off the tee, that kind of reliability tee to green goes a long way and you add the recent putting success he had and this putting success he had earlier in the week that that, that's the supercharger that's what leads to four wins and six starts but it's not the thing that gets him there week in and and week out but um if he can keep that up heading into next week uh and heading into this kind of california and florida swing it's gonna i mean look out because we are gonna have a new world number one soon no matter what rory does here's what i think the pivotal hole was kp this is 16 uh they're tied here both john rahm and, and davis thompson davis thompson finds this this fairway bunker if you're watching on youtube we got the tour cast up john rahm then hits a very dangerous uh, shot over here to the left-hand side of the fairway where it bounces straight and he avoids this massive 18-foot bunker. If that is like two feet left, he's dealing with issues. It stays up. He ends up getting up and down. Davis Thompson uh, has to hit his hit his third to like 25 feet and, uh, you know, can't loses a stroke there. But th- this is where this is where kind of the tides turned. It is. I mean, I mean, think about that's think about 16 and 17 like you're you're looking at inches millimeters whatever so 16 rom's ball rolls in 17 uh davis thompson's ball banks off the pin if it goes in all of a sudden davis thompson wins the tournament by by one if those two things happen right if rom can't get up presuming rom can't get up and down on 16 and i think that you know, I, I, it was interesting, Rick. I was looking at some of Rom's numbers from this time last year, uh, what he did at the Tournament of Champions, what he did at the American Express last year. He, he was he was obviously amazing at Capitol last year. He was he was pretty good at the, at uh, the American Express. That was the famous uh, piece of crap uh, putting <laughs> contest. That's putting it nicely. <laughs> I don't think he said crap, crap. <laughs> but I guess my point is like he he's he's not really playing that much different than he normally does, but he, it's all about, and, and we see this all the time. It's all about, you get lucky on a couple bounces. And when you put yourself in contention, as much as Rom does, as much as Rory does, as much as JT does, then you give yourself an opportunity to be the recipient of that luck over a long period of time. And that's how you rack up nine PGA tour wins and 132 starts. Nine PGA Tour wins. That's right, Mark. Nine PGA Tour wins, four in his last six worldwide. This is a well-oiled machine going to, oh, I guess just the best place on earth for him. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, I tell you what, just to build on on your point there and what both Greg and Kyle pointed out, you know, with ESPN Plus PGA Tour Live, we had the feature groups. And so I got to watch John Rahm um, 
play golf a whole bunch this week. And last year, I thought maybe the downswing had gotten a little narrow and maybe a touch steep. And so as a result, the fade off the tee where the driver was starting a little too straight. And then he'd, he'd, he'd sort of react and tweak one or two. And so there was a bit of a two-sided thing going on. And he builds his game kind of like Rory in a way off the driver because if he's driving it well, then he can play offense. And um, and we had him a few times like at, like at the Nicholas Tournament course where he hit some unreal wedges where players were struggling really to control distance because of the really moist conditions because of all the rain. And, and then, of course, you've got some variable winds around there. And he was driving in play and the golf swing looked fluid and the wedge control, the distance control was impeccable. And then you talk about the putting. To me, every putty hit on the other golf courses looked like if they were missing, they were still rolling at the hole. So everything was there. And, and I actually said to my announce colleague, I'm like, right now, this guy looks as complete as anybody in the game. You know, you can point to every golfer and sort of say, well, there's a little bit of a weakness there. But the way he hitting wedges, the way he was chipping, the way he was driving at the iron players always good with him. And then the way he was putting was complete. And and you're right. He's come back to the, the putting contest and won the putting contest, holding a clutch putt there on 16 um, and nearly then holding on 17 above that Thompson well, nearly miracle. Um, he sort of got that sense for the moment. And, and right now, uh, the self-belief is immeasurable to me as you watch John Rahm play. And that's why, you know, at the top of the show, you and I joked about the Davis versus Goliath thing. Um, he honestly is Goliath and he knows it. And he sort of believes that when he tees up that he is the best player. I think that's why he's been so vocal about the world rankings right now that, you know, he's finding it laughable that he can have all these wins and still not be number one in the world. But the reality is, you know, you can make a strong argument the, that he is the number one player in the world. And now he's heading to Torrey Pines. He's going to line up against a whole bunch of the studs over there. And I feel like it's just going to be a bigger flex because it's like with all these physical gifts, he's kind of playing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder, if you know what I'm saying. And so it's incredible to watch how someone that dominant can still look like he's making himself kind of the underdog in his own mind. So, so, so it's incredible how he's going about it. And he looks so complete right now. It's actually sick. It's stupid. Probably going to be four and a half to one to win when he gets to uh Tory Pines uh, next week. All right, Greg, uh, John Rom, as we mentioned, nine PGA tour wins, 27 under par. The, the man who took him the distance was, was Davis Thompson. And for those who don't know about this kid, uh, kind of get to know him, right? He was 300 to one before the tournament started. This is now his third top 10 of this season in only seven starts. He's putting himself in a really good position to, uh, lock up that card for next year already early here in January. How would you assess Davis Thompson and his Sunday? Um, I was extremely impressed, but it's more than just Sunday to me. Um, first of all, you know, the, the guy you got to get to know here, um, this is one of, this goes one of two ways. This is either, um, you know, David Davis, and I totally get the reference, but this is a guy that won four times in college at Georgia, where he was the sec player of the year in 2021. He goes to the Corn Ferry Tour and gets uh, a win in his very first year and gets right out onto the PGA Tour and finishes in the top 10 in his first event. So 
you know, they, the guy is not very well known. He's not coming out as a superstar, but he's more than qualified to be here. And I think he really showed that this week. And, you know, the thing that really stuck out to me was what he did in Friday's round. Um, and, and there was a moment there after being the overnight leader where things started to slip. And he, he had a four-shot lead on Friday at one point because he, he got off to a really nice start. And then all of a sudden, he made a couple bogeys. He, he missed four greens in a row. He made two bogeys in those four holes. And it, it was a moment where if you don't really know Davis, like, I mean, very few of us do. Uh, and I, I certainly don't. And you're expecting him to kind of go away at that point. But he does just the opposite. And he, he plays... Um, he plays number three through number seven in seven under par, right? I mean, he makes, he goes birdie, eagle, birdie, birdie, eagle, and kind of retakes control of the tournament. And, and that was a moment that you don't really see a lot where uh, there's a, a chance on Friday for a young kid who had the lead, who's feeling that, that pressure to go away. And he did just the opposite. And then I did think heading into Saturday, it was a nice advantage for him to not have to play with Rom. Right, he, he gets to play with that same comfortable group because it's a fifty-four hole cut, and it's not the last group. It's it's not really. It's like another a third weekday round. Um, I thought that was a big advantage, but then I was a little worried about what would happen when he comes out with uh, John Rom, and he he stepped up. I mean, he he didn't play his best golf, but he fought and he clawed and he made big putts when he needed to, um, and and he kept himself in it all the way to the eighteenth hole. And I think there's a there's a lot to take away from that there is a lot to take away from that the guy has struggled on the greens really that that's been the downfall for him he's been a wonderful driver of the golf ball all season a, a very good iron player as well and he's struggled when he got on the greens and that's why he hasn't really contended as much before despite the um the prior top tens that's been the weakness and it was anything but this week so yeah i, I think davis thompson leaves on a uh, I'm, he's probably crushed that he didn't win. He, it looked that way, but um, but when you know the pain of defeat goes away, he's going to be quite happy with where his game is, and he should be. Greg, I'm glad you referenced what he did in college because I want to dig a little deeper than that. And 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 Davis Thompson's dad, Todd Thompson, was uh, almost a, I think 23 year director of the Southeastern Junior Golf Tour, and he was an All SEC player at Georgia, playing alongside Tommy Tolles and Peter Persons and guys that all made it to the PGA Tour. So there's a whole lot of good gen- genes in this child because his dad could go. And then of course with Todd Thompson moving along, now becoming the tournament director at the RSM Classic. Here's young Davis, who's got a dad in golf. Obviously, he plays well, getting great counsel. And then you've got Davis Love around the place, who's like a mentor to all these youngsters. I mean, there's a talented young guy, clearly, who's getting some great advice along the way. And you could see that he had a very mature way about deflecting the media a little bit after each time. Because remember, he slept on the lead for two nights. And um, so he was very savvy about that sort of stuff. And then today... You could see, well, he didn't show it very much, but you could say he looked kind of cool about stuff. Now, I'm sure he was, you know, grinding inside, but I think a lot of that is a function of who his dad was, uh, the people he gets to hang out around with. And then when you play golf with some of these great PGA Tour players and, and former PGA Tour players and you beat them, you're like, all right, I can hang a little bit. 
Now, facing up to John Rahm, that's a different deal. But he was, I mean, he was all kinds of good and impressive today. And and I'm with you. He leaves you once he's over it with a whole a whole heap of confidence. Five Eagles this week for Davis Thompson. Speaking of people maybe not knowing who he is, they ran that across the ESPN bottom line on Friday night. It said he's already tied the most Eagles in a week and we're only halfway through. And I bet you there was a lot of people like, who? That name's wrong. That can't be Dan. Who is this guy? <laughs> well, the most Eagles this season, we had a graphic on par fives. Um, I know Hayden Buckley was up there. He had six and there was one other guy with seven. Uh, Davis Thompson did five in one event. So I'm like, he's close. He's actually third on the list now after one tournament. So that's crazy. Two, what he did. two rounds. Two <laughs> rounds. Yeah. First two rounds. Doing doing damage. Uh, the the moment that might keep Davis Thompson uh, awake tonight, KP, is the putt on 17. 48 footer. He's got this thing buzzing towards the cup. It smacks the stick dead in the heart. And stays out. Now, I I don't like to play the was it going to go down, was it not going to go down game, but that one looked like it was going down if the stick was not there. And you have to unmute yourself. First time, long time over. <laughs> <laughs> it did look like it was going to go down. I, I watched it. A, I watched it a bunch. I I'm fifty fifty on it because. The first time you saw it, you're like, oh, that definitely would have gone down. And then the more you watch it, the more it was like, that was kind of moving. Like it, it kind of hopped right before the hole. And uh, your, your putt has to be moving pretty fast to hop right before. I mean, like barely, but still like to get off the ground right before the hole. There you go. That's right as it is. That's right. Bef- yeah. Right before it hits the pin. Yeah. So I, I mean, probably goes in, but mm, I, I don't know. I mean, it was an unbelievable putt in that situation. And I think I'm, I'm, I mean, we could do, we could like bring Bryson on for the coefficient of restitution discussion, but the thing that I'm more interested in is in, and uh, Thompson was, I did a list. uh, This is going to come across as I patting myself on the back, but I did a for the season or before the year of corn fairy guys that I thought could, could like put like pop this year. And I had Thompson. I had like Nick Hardy. I can't remember the whole list. I had um, I had Taylor Montgomery on there. And I think that the thing that sticks with me, Greg, I was thinking about this. You mentioned kind of what uh, what Thompson had done coming up. Like you kind of did his background. He he went out and grabbed the lead early at that Wingfoot U.S. Open uh, in 2020. This the uh, whatever. Yeah, that's a great point. And I just was kind of like. And and we see guys do that. Bo Hostler did it at uh, Olympic in like twenty. When was that? Twenty thirteen or was it Olympic or was 2012? it twenty twelve? No, twenty twelve. No, Webb. It was won. Olympic. It was when Webb won. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. So we see guys do that, but it, it just it, that's like that's a that's not nothing. Like that's a that's kind of a big thing, you know, to go out as an amateur to do that, and especially when you have the pedigree that, that Davis Thompson has. So all that to say, I thought today, and he actually said this after his round, he said the most important part about today is getting like seeing John Rahm in the final round of a, of a PGA Tour event, like seeing what that's like and feeling that and all those things. And so uh, I'm excited about Davis Thompson. I think he has a real chance to be a, a, a really solid pro for the next 
however many years. And uh, I think today is, I think he'll look back on it and think, man, that was, that was pretty cool. I want, I want more of that. And uh, I think he will eventually, uh, or, or I think he will attain that over the next few years. What's his resting heart rate, Greg? He looks pretty, he looks pretty cool out there. Yeah, he was cool. But at the same time, what I thought was really cool about that uh, was he still showed some emotion. I mean, he got he still let out a little bit of frustration when he hit shots. And my my takeaway from it was he he was not starstruck um, or, you know, struck by the moment in a negative way. Um, I think there's a little bit of work to do on that golf swing because uh, when the hooks come out like that, um, you know, you don't see that happen from a John Rom. John Rom has a trouble left shot to go to immediately. Uh, and, and he's not hitting that big old hook like that. So I, I think there's a little bit of work to do, but I liked the calmness. But at the same time, I liked the little bit of edge that he had. Right, slamming a club a couple times, getting a little, and and that the reason I say that is it didn't look like he was just happy to be there, you know. I I got the sense that he expected to win, um, and and I think that's a difficult thing to do when you're going up against John Rahm, and all of us are sitting here, and ever anybody and everybody who's talking about this on Saturday night is picking the same player. No, I mean, nobody's picking Davis Thompson to take down John Rahm on Sunday going into the lead tied where they're playing together for the first time. So, again, just so impressed. And if I had to put a number on the resting heart rate, I would say uh, I would say 58. Wow. And I think and along the Mark. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, and along the lines of the heart rate and stuff, I think if there's something you can take away because everyone says, you know, this is the learning zone and you've got to learn something from defeats. I think if he thinks about it, he'll start to realize that adrenalized, I mean, he hit a couple of, of approach shots, the one that I saw that flew farther than what he was expecting. So he can start to get the feel for, okay, this is how I feel. This is what I can expect to see uh, trajectory and, and, and distance wise, because that's a big deal when you start to get to some of you know, certain venues where the conditions are firmer on the greens and stuff, where if you jack one and you get a big bounce, all of a sudden you're turning a play from the fairway because of adrenaline into bogey or worse when you, when you, uh, when you least need one. The thing that I didn't love about him, and this is just personal preference and I'm probably an idiot here or whatever. He didn't, he he didn't uh, ever seem like he was having a ton of fun. Like you don't you you don't watch him and you're like, remember last year when Sahith got in it at Phoenix and uh, where else? Travelers. Like you, you watch him and you're like, oh, I'm I'm in. Like this is this guy is having more fun than I. W-. We we want we want to project ourselves onto these players and say like, oh, that's how I would act or that's how I think I would act in those situations. So when we see guys having fun, I think it's very uh, relatable. Almost, it's I mean, it's not relatable at all because they're playing a PGA Tour event, but it's that emotion is very relatable. And I don't get a lot of that from Davis Thompson. He. he 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 doesn't strike me as a as a like he's having a lot of fun out there. I, again, that's like probably unfair because I've watched him for three rounds, five rounds, whatever. But that was one thing I kind of picked up on as uh, as I watched him play today. Not everybody can be Tom Kim out there, hyping oh, the crowd, the getting best. everybody all fired up. The no. the best. Give me that good stuff. 
And I, I mean, you lastly on Thompson, you listen to him talk. Um, I mean, he was in the booth on Friday and you hear his dad talk who they interviewed as well. And I think that this is just a, I, I don't think it's a stray from his personality. I just don't think his personality matches that of a, uh, Sahith or or Tom Kim or anyone anyone like that. I, totally. I, I, just, I don't think that's in the bloodline. It's like Cantlay, right? You're like, okay, yeah, do right. you, are you enjoying this or? And and I'm not. I think you're right. I think that's just like how they are. But it doesn't mean I have to be like a big fan of the way that they kind of go about things. Right. That's up to you. Totally. <laughs> I want to talk about. <laughs> I want to talk about the chase pack, but uh, we are going to do that after we take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. This kind of got really tight at the end, and I wasn't really sure who was going to end up winning. John Rahm, 27 under. Davis Thompson, 26. Xander Shoffley, 25 under, Mark. And boy, I'm looking through this scorecard, and I see seven birdies and wow, an albatross, a two on the par five fifth. That's one way to make up a lot of ground very, very quickly. Yeah, it was a curious case of Xander, who, you know, remember pulled out of um, the Century Tournament of Champions with injury, and he came back here. And the first few holes, we were covering him playing over at La Quinta, which perennially is the easiest of the bunch. And he just kind of looked flat. And then all of a sudden, we turn around again, and he's found a little something, and he shot a good round, and then built on that, but then was sort of stuck in neutral, was playing alongside Cantley, funnily enough. And then today, gets off to an okay start, nothing flashy. And then he's got like 240-something off an uphill lie, slightly helping wind. We had it on our on our air. And it's all cover over the water and every professional and their brother-in-law and sister and everyone are missing off to the left because of the water on the right. Well, he stands one up a little bit. And I remember seeing Austin Kaiser, his caddy sort of turn away from the thing. And I'm like, Oh goodness, this is not going to make the cover. It barely covers the water. One skip forward and goes into the hole like a putt for two. And then he was asked about this afterward and he was like yeah you know i was setting up to try and uh, swing a forearm in there from right to left so if it misses it goes long and left and that's an easy pitch he goes but i was a little late and this thing was blocked a bit but i hit it solid 
and made the cover and he sort of saw it go in for a two, which was just bananas. And then he passed the next all good par, in fact, because he missed the green. And then from there, opened up a, a run of birdies and shoots a final round of 62, I believe it was. So all of a sudden, the guy who people were questioning is now traveling over the Santa Rosa Mountains a couple hours to San Diego. A golf course is like a home course for him. With a whole bunch of confidence, he admitted as much, and 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 a big finish. So uh, it, it's cool to see, and it's once again for me, um, kind of proof of the fact that these guys just need like one or two shots or one week to find something, and then all of a sudden they're back in the saddle. Yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, I've got the tour cast up. That ball landed like here, barely over my cursor is. <laughs> Yeah, and and rolled in like a putt for the albatross. Uh, KP Mark alluded to this. You know the the Xander back stuff was kind of weird in Maui, right? We knew he wasn't feeling well, and he was like, "This is the first time I've ever been hurt in my entire life. I don't know what's happening." Uh, well, I think we don't have to worry about anything because he looked pretty darn good to me. Yeah, it was it was weird. I was re- he he talked a little bit about this earlier in the week, and uh, he basically just said he's got it worked on and hasn't he hasn't been practicing as much and that was kind of it which it it's it, which great i mean that's awesome it seemed more serious to capoeira you know when 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 uh that whole week and then he withdraws and you're like oh what's going on but it i guess just resting it i i, I don't know i mean he said he's gonna play a lot he says he's playing fe- uh i think he's playing next week is that right mark as far as i'm aware don't quote me but i believe so yeah i yeah, think that's right i think he's farmers field yeah Phoenix Riviera. He said he he said I'm basically playing everything, which is uh, great. I I, uh, I I hope his back holds up because I I think uh, I think P, the PJ Tour is more fun when Sanders playing well. Yeah, no kidding. And, and along those lines, he was interviewed by one of our PGA Tour.com people. <laughs> he made me feel older youngster he goes you know i felt like an old man because in the beginning of the week i was a bit tender in my back and it seemed to get better every day because but yeah in the final round it was early in the morning it was a bit colder and i felt like an old man because my back was kind of tight but you know it kind of got loose and i'm feeling pretty good now and i was like well screw you man i'm 52 but uh he did say that each day it seemed like the back was getting better and he was buoyant after the round so i'm I'm keen to see how things uh progress next week you, you know he was uh he was on the week tied 47th in birdies and finished tied third i i think i just think that's amazing we can made an eagle or better in every round pretty good that's crazy that is kind of wild i'm just clicking through the scorecards right now that's yeah that's, that's pretty wild uh greg tied with xander shoffley Chris Kirk, 25 under par, two shots back of John Rahm at the top. It was a Sunday 64. That's eight under. Chris Kirk is rolling. Third at the Sony last week, T3 this week. Maybe signs of things to come? Yeah, um, it's either that or, well, we know he likes the Sony Open. And maybe he just likes the front nine at the at the stadium course. Because over the weekend, he shot 59 on uh, the, the first nine holes. Uh, he shot 30 on Saturday and 29 today. Um, so pretty, pretty good stuff from him on his first nines. It, when I look at this kind of scorecard, it, it reminds me of, and there are a lot of scorecards like this. It, it reminds me of an NBA game. It's like, this is a game of runs. You have to go on streaks and, and those big time birdie streaks just get you in contention. But um, I, I think Chris Kirk's swing is 
better than it was when, you know, um, a couple years ago when he was in contention and, and winning events. I remember it being a little across the line. I think it's on a much better plane now. And, and the tempo and consistency is still there. So I've really enjoyed watching him play. And yes, you're right. He's he's rolling. Uh, a, a guy who's typically a really good player, T to green, is rolling it on the greens now too. So that is definitely a good sign for Chris Kirk. And, and I think he really likes this time of year and has a tendency of playing well. So um, I know on our DFS show in the coming weeks, he's going to be a topic of conversation. There you go. A little tease. KP, uh, I'll let you do an extra victory lap here on Taylor Montgomery, somebody that you had written about earlier this year. Uh, his name is glued to the top of leaderboards, right? We've got eight starts this season. Seven of them are top 15s. This was a solo fifth. That could have been a lot better if he didn't shank one into the water on 17 and make double. Jeez. That was tough. Cold shank. Can we get the, uh, the, the, the um, yeah. graphic of that? I'll get you the tour cast on that one. So, <laughs> it was Brutal like uh, Brennan, Brennan Todd at the players a couple years ago when he hit oh. the... He hit the he almost hit it on the island the in island, the middle of, of the lake. I think he did, actually. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's, that's, oh, it's, it's not, I mean, it's not good. It's not good, but it, 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 could, it could be a really like bad push. I think, I think Torcast is uh, being nice there. It, we had very generous. It was farther right than that. It, <laughs> yeah, it looked sure. like it was. It looked like it was. Yeah, I think it was I think here. You're right, Mark. Yeah, they were the first. Uh, <laughs> Taylor Montgomery is is a really good player, and you know, I, I the the, the PJ Tour numbers have not been updated, but he leads the tour in top tens this year. He's got four top tens now after after today. I think there's nine guys with three, including Rom, including Tom Kim. I think Rom's only played three tournaments, but. Uh, Montgomery has been like rookie of the year type good so far. And I don't know if that's going to translate to, to a, uh, to, to a win. I, I, the thing I'm interested in, Rick, I don't know. And I know this is going to change for, uh, 2024 is Taylor Montgomery, the type of player, like, is he playing his way into the elevated events right now? Or do we know the criteria for elevated, elevated events? I, I feel like there hasn't been any uh, clarity around like Taylor, Taylor Montgomery is the type of player that this time next year, I hope we're saying like, Oh, this guy's playing really good. I'd love to see him get into Phoenix or get into Riviera, but maybe he's already in those because maybe the criteria haven't changed. I, I feel a lot of confusion around sort of the difference in schedule, but, Regardless of all that, I think uh, I think Montgomery is I think he's the real deal, and he has some he has a chance to make some noise in the both the OWGR and uh, the FedEx Cup over the next three, four, five months. I, I don't know the answer to that question, but he's ninth in the FedEx Cup standings, so I would hope the guy who's ninth is playing his way into some of these elevated events. <laughs> I mean, you're you're talking about he's played nine events on the PGA Tour this season, and eight of them are top 15s. Um, now two of them are top fives. It's it's a really steady play. Uh, that's he, as many, Greg. Greg, I think that's as many top 15s. And again, not all top 15s are created equal, but 
that's as many top 15s as Cam Young had all last year and one rookie of the year. Taylor Montgomery is like the absolute runaway, uh, barring something incredible happening, rookie of the year. Yeah. Cam Young also, he didn't have anything between T16 and T50. It was yes. top 15s and right. T80s. But, but it was also, you know, seconds. Uh, yeah. and yeah, yeah, and yeah. thirds. I think this is a big one for Taylor Montgomery, but he seems in, unless he continues this uh, or, or does this, you know, contends in a major or something. I I, I just worry that a a win could knock him off a little easier than it, it would have for a Cam Young a Cam Young last year who was such a big part of the stories in the biggest events. And I don't know if he's there yet. Greg, who's more likely to make the U.S. Ryder Cup team, Taylor Montgomery or Tom Hoagie? I think uh, I think Tom Hoagie is. Okay. You don't think so, Rick? Mm. Uh, I guess you're saying Tom Hoagie would qualify himself. Because yeah. if they're both captain selections, Taylor Montgomery gets picked before Tom Hoagie does. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's a there's a lot left to go, but I, I <laughs> yeah. worry. But, you know, if you if you look at his game, I just it, it's it's a difficult one for me. But I see a player who is so good with he's so he puts so well, uh, and and the iron shot on on 17 there was really bad, but that's the area of weakness for him. That's what he really struggles with in his game. And I, I'm just mildly concerned about his consistency going forward. I, I don't know if he can hang on to that. Um, it, it's shaky. His, his iron play is a little shaky at times and he makes up for it on the greens in a big way. And, and that's great. But, you know what the model looks like, Rick. Can, can he hang on to that for uh, an entire year? I don't know, but you put that into a Ryder Cup and you start making putts and things are scary. I will yeah. I will say he hit a horrible shot on 17. He also got very unlucky on 14 where from 104 yards, he hit the stick and it bounced off the front of the green. Yes. That thing was going to stop uh, six inches from the cup. And he missed that putt too. And he missed that putt. I, I think Hoagie's more likely, by the way, Greg. I agree. Yeah. Well, you're you're a ball striking guy. Yeah, I mean, of course. The Ryder Cup's a po- it's a popularity contest. It's a vibe thing, especially for the <laughs> yeah. ca- the captain selection, right? Like Tom Hoagie doesn't have the ground well, no. smell of support. He needs to start campaigning. Yeah, but but here's the thing, Rick. Like neither neither of them are going to be captains' picks, right? Like the, that's just not going to probably that's not unless they finish seventh. Right? If they're seventh in the standings, I, I think they will be. Yeah, and I guess what I'm saying is the the guy that I think is more likely to get up into like that six, seven, eight range or, or not, whatever, is is Hoagie over Montgomery. That might be wrong, but that's as of right now. I I think that's yeah. That's we'll track take. it. Eight months to go or so. Um, Never too soon. Mark, we can all take a deep breath. Thank goodness we can. Uh, whew, I was a little bit nervous. Tom Kim's not dead. Tom Kim is back. <laughs> yeah, Tom, Tom Kim is back. One missed cut. I was getting very, very terrified. He goes out, shoots 69, 62, 67, 67. That's 23 under par. T6. He will not be in the field next week. So I'm assuming he's gearing up for that run. Maybe go. I don't know. Maybe he's going to go to Pebble and then and Phoenix and Riv. But he's not in the field next week. But Tom Kim. Bounce back right there. 
Well, maybe he pulled out of the field next week because he was listening to this show and heard Carl say that he's unlikely to contend at very big golf courses and Torrey Pines South is one of those. No, he's – look, I was never Still concerned true. about him. Yeah, okay, well, uh, we'll talk later in the year. Um, I, I'm st- I'm not con- – I never was concerned about him. It was a glitch. That sort of stuff happens. Bermuda Greens there in uh, while I think I said so in the recap uh, show, that, you know, you either read them well or you don't. And as I watched him roll the ball this week, it was incredible. And, and, and he made putts when it meant something. And you guys sort of joked about that putt that he made on 17. He still has that thing where when it's the moment, he finds a way to show up. Like that was where the biggest galleries were on the golf course around that 17th Alcatraz and he hits it on there with a wedge and, and buries the putt left to right. So it sort of speaks to who he is. Um, he's doing some work apparently on his golf swing with Cameron McCormick. Um, uh, it still looks fairly sound to me. I have not really seen anything that's jumping out to me, but I did see rehearsals that tell me that he's, that he's trying to get the face a little stronger, a little bit more stood up going back. So maybe trying to get something to tumble off the tee a little farther. Uh, so it goes a little farther. I don't know that for sure just yet, but the way as accurate as what he is and the way he strikes it when he any golf course, he, I think he's relevant. Anything else on the American Express? We spent a lot of time on it, which I'm fine. We'll go through our best bets very quickly. We'll look ahead to next week uh, just very, very briefly. But anything else on the American Express before we move on? Uh, I don't know. I mean, this is tangential to it, but uh... – Producer Troy, could you pull up this comment from 7 o'clock? OWGR needs to go. I don't want to do like 20 minutes on the OWGR, but I'm so sick of the OWGR, like, truthers. Like, just you, – you, like, people that are yelling on Twitter about the OWGR didn't even know what it was six months ago. Amen. And I will say it. That's- and they don't know how it works now. And you're just, you're just, it, it's part of like the, I think, I think Greg Norman has an email list where he just distributes talking points and the OW yelling about the OWGR is just a talking point. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to add up. You're just like, Oh, OWGR is the worst. So you, you don't, you don't even know what you're saying. Like you, not you specifically Alec, but a lot of people don't know what they're talking about when they're talking about the OWGR. Carl and the guys on Twitter yelling about the OWGR were the same folks more than likely who were praising the changes because they were bringing in a strokes gain metric and a field strength metric and all sort of thing. Give it some time. After a year, everything is going to settle down because you just got to get data updating and stuff. It's going to be fine. Right now, there's one or two wrinkles. That's to be expected. And John Rahm is pretty vocal about it. But you know what? If he keeps playing like he is, he'll be the number one golfer pretty soon. Um, all, all players can do is control their own fate. This thing will take care of itself. I'm more interested in downloading the CW app, Greg. Have you gotten your copy yet? <laughs> uh, what What is that? For, for One Tree Hill? <laughs> yeah. You can watch One it on demand. One Tree Hill is sweet. I never watched it, but everybody in high school did. I didn't even know that. I, I literally I didn't even know what CW was until until this <laughs> this news. That's is, is, I won't is, be getting one, is one tree hill close to Oak Hill? Anybody? Uh, no, it's in uh, One Tree Hill, North Carolina. It's probably uh, close to Pinehurst. Mm. <laughs> All right, here's what we'll do. Uh, we will update our best bets. We'll quickly look ahead to Tory Pines, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. 
the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. And we're back. Uh, Troy, we could do this quickly, although we should really spend some time on it because our bets were actually pretty decent. No outrights, but two of the three finishing positions we hit. KP, uh, Ben Taylor did not come through for you in the top 20, but we had Jason Day top 20 and JT Poston, thank goodness, holding on to his top 10 finish. Or did, or did, I didn't even see where Ben Taylor finished. Ben Taylor the cut? Uh, missed the cut. Okay. Five under part. Five under. I see that now. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I, I'm I'm still proud of myself for making that bet. That's not. I was getting outside of my comfort zone there. Yeah, we did a good job, all things considered, on that finishing position. We also got two out of the three matchups correct. You had Tom Hoagie over Cam Davis. Yeah, Ryder Cup or Tom Hoagie over <laughs> President's <laughs> Cup or uh, Cam Davis. Yeah, Cam Davis. Uh, that was a tough one. Did not make the cut, so that was no sweat for Kyle. The other one was Siwoo Kim over Andrew Putnam. That was mine, Greg. I almost got the sat- Saturday. Putnam is like hatless Rory, or he's just unbelievable, and he gives me this Saturday sweat every single week. He almost burned me again. Yeah, it might be time to start going away from him. I know you got away from it this time, but this is like throwing at the best corner on uh, on the other team, right? Just find another guy to pick on because it's not working out well for him. Uh, we whiffed on our best bets because I think two of us doubled down on what they were. So Ben Taylor, top 20, no. Zal Torres over Sungjae, no. Callum Taran, top 20, Ugh, no. So those are three losers. One and done numbers were pretty abysmal all around. So Brian Harmon, that was Kyle, Kyle yep. M., and the fans, Brian Harmon missed the cut. That's zero dollars for the trio of you guys. Yeah, not great. I mean, yeah, I, I, I see, I'm did, doing. Did you see what he did? Uh, did you see what Harmon did? Not. did? Uh-uh. He was playing La Quinta. He's playing now. Uh, he, he got off to a slow start. He was outside the cut. And the way we were calculating it, because we had him in some of the coverage there, he was playing alongside JT Poston. He had to birdie like out to make the cut, which was projected then at like eight under par or whatever it was. He birdied five of his last six holes, if if my memory serves. Or it was four out of five. But he went on this crazy tear and nearly made it. I mean, kudos to him. He didn't, he didn't tank it. He, he kept battling. Yeah, I'm doing the thing right now where there you go, five out of what is it? Yeah, five out of six. six. I'm doing the thing, Rick, right now where I'm just taking the guy either the week before or the week after. I had Tom Kim last week instead of this week, which things. So 
if Brian Harmon's playing Tory uh, and you want to, you haven't taken him for the one and done, he'll probably he'll probably top top ten for you. Well, we didn't do much better, Greg. Me, you, Sia, all had Tom Hoagie. That was forty six thousand seven hundred. We didn't lose much ground, but did not get the dartist that we were looking for. No, uh, look, uh, Ryder Cup Tom Hoagie here. It's Hell a yeah. tough go, but. This is uh, my my one regret for this is going as heavy as I did because I I think he's going to be a valuable player down the road and I almost would have rather have gone with a with a Brian Harmon or something because look to, I mean Tom Hoagie shot seventeen under this week it's tied thirty second right I mean it, the margins are so small with these big bunched leaderboards it's it's just crazy to me I mean you you go out there and shoot twenty under like uh, the Desert Fox Adam Hadwin and you finish tied eighteenth it's unbelievable <laughs> to me so these I just I wish I went a little smaller didn't take a Ryder cup lock like Tom Hoagie in the, <laughs> uh, in a week like this. Uh, Mark went back to last. Oh, sorry. Before I get there, Patrick had cam young 58,400 Mark. You went back to last week's winner. Siwoo Kim. And it was enough. You won the week. 80,400 already in first. You're getting support from the chat that says you'll never lose that number one spot again. Well, there's a lot, a lot of golf left to be played, but Good for you. Yeah, yeah, there is, and I've said it. Look, look I'd had I'd had Siwoo planned for this week, and and ordinarily, Rick, you and I always have the conversation why after a guy wins, then we bail on the guy, and and so I had you in my head when I sent in my pick that I was going with Siwoo after the victory, but he's been good, and I like the way where the golf swing is. But the truth is, at one stage, I was kind of sweating the fact because after first round of seventy at La Quinta, I was like, holy smoke, this guy's like in the middle of nowhere. And then he comes back with 800 in the second round. And then I'm like, okay, we're looking okay. Then he goes to the stadium course and makes two double bogeys. And let, yeah. then like birdies his last four holes to shoot 69 on Saturday to, you know, make the cut then. And today was a, a better day. So, you know, it was a little fortunate. I, I still maintain that the West Coast swing is dangerous. And now with an elevated event at uh, Phoenix and an elevated event at Riviera, you know, it's hard to pick um, the desert golf to me, and it's hard to pick Poania golf. So I just want to sort of survive the stretch and hopefully hit, hit it big with one of those two big events. Mark is so locked in on the one and done that he was on I PGA was Tour Live <laughs> talking about it. Talking about the first cut one and done. Uh, talking about who he's going to pick next week. Jason Day. Spoiler alert is who he's already. Yeah, is who I'm, I'm already Jason Day next week. You who who are you on with? Who were you on with, Mark? Was that Lisa? I was with Lisa Cornwell. Yeah, okay. who's who's a good golfer. I mean, all America, Arkansas, and stuff. And so she's she's good to work alongside because she's savvy about the game and stuff. And 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 she's a whole lot of fun. And you know, after hours over dinners and stuff, she's she's incisive with questions and that sort of thing. So she's asking a lot of stuff. And, and so. Uh, the, the conversation came up about, you know, what I do and stuff. And so I said, well, I'm on the CBS First Cut podcast, which is fun. And that's why she had asked about it. So, you know, when the chance came about to, to talk about the podcast, someone the show, I did. And then some guy gets on there. I don't check Twitter often, but something made me do it. And some guy's like, yeah, look at him. You know, we don't like you. There's an asterisk next to your name, blah, 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 you know. <laughs> and then thankfully, Rick, you came to my uh, my aid. So I appreciate yeah, you. Mate. I'll take care of you. Lisa, you were, you were talking about it. And there was this long pause and she goes, good luck. Like, 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well it's, it's sort of, it sort of goes because I'd said to her in the beginning of the week, I'm like, I really am keen to see where Jason Day is. And I've been watching some of the footage I'm getting from the guys out there in, in, in La Quinta. He's been out there practicing. And I like the way his game looks. And then I watched him play and he was striking it fantastically and just not making anything. Then we covered him today and and I settled on him yesterday and today watching him play. It was really pretty. And going back to Torrey where he's won a couple of times, uh, I like what he's doing next week. Speaking of next week, busy, busy, busy. KP, you and Troy headed to Orlando for the PGA merch show, which I believe will generate some content, usually in the form of interviews. Yeah, we're actually. I need to pull up. Hold on. I'll, go to somebody else. I'll pull up the list of people that we're interviewing. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, I got, I got it right here. We got okay. uh, Tom Watson, Davis Love, Zach Johnson. Uh, Cage Lee. Oh, that'll be amazing. Kyle Berkshire. Oh, I like him. Uh, I think that's uh, there might be a couple others in there, but that's those are great. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'd like to talk to Kyle Berkshire about your swing or what? <laughs> no, I just find it fascinating that he can hit a ball so far. <laughs> I really do. Have you, you ever seen him hit one? In, have you ever seen him hit one, Mark? Uh, yeah, I've actually at the show last year or two years ago, I was there with Kyle and he was hitting balls into, uh, for I don't know, Cobra or whatever. And I don't think Bryson was there, but he's the one who's basically told Bryson all that weight you picked up and you're swinging so hard, you're going to hurt yourself. And so Bryson's learned from him and picked up more speed, doing it more technically sound, I guess. So I've got, uh, I've got hundreds of questions about the golf swing I want to ask Kyle Berkshire. I've interviewed his coach, Bernie Najar, who's tremendous in my opinion, but, but I'd like to talk to Kyle. I would wonder. I'm, I'm, I miss Bryson. I, I wish he wasn't at live. I'm, I miss covering him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cricket. I think he's the only one from like yeah, a content right. perspective. DJ, DJ and K. Well, we, I don't haven't missed Cam yet because I feel like nothing's happened to to make us miss him. But like DJ from like a golfing perspective, Bryson from just a pure entertainment perspective. I, I think. I think Brooks a little bit too, uh, not for the reasons that he thinks, but for kind of some Bryson like reasons where he just almost everything he does is content because he's just prickly and, uh, but he's also really good. It's, I don't know. They're, they're, I think they're probably more alike than they would, than either of them would like to admit. Well, you're farmers next red ants. The red ant yeah. debacle in Memphis a few years ago. <laughs> Fire ants. Fire ant, the yeah. Farmers next week, Greg, is Wednesday through Saturday. People will screw this up. They will forget to get their bets in. They won't put their one and done in. They'll wake up on Thursday morning saying, all right, let me get all my stuff. No, it's too late. Wednesday through Saturday. Our one and done uh, deadline is still Tuesday at five, correct? Uh, no, no, we are no. going very early Tuesday morning. Okay. Yes. Please put so, me down for Jason day. Someone sign we, me up for Jason. We day, got please. you. Jason day. Thanks. No change. All right. No Jason change. day is in yeah. locked and loaded. Okay. So I'll get that in sooner. Send it in, it in tomorrow. Monday. Yeah. yeah. Send it okay, in tomorrow. Good. Good. Um, 
otherwise, Tory Pines, I think, is a really cool event. Uh, and it's a dramatic change of pace from what we saw this week. Um, and I, I think this week, 23 under got you a top 10. 22 under did not. Uh, if you're 22 or 23 under at Tory Pines, you're going to win by a lot. 12. Yes. <laughs> so it's uh, it, the, you know, the, the style, the strategy, the attributes that are really important change. And I, I think Tori is one of my favorite events, not including majors to cover all year. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. Mark, you and I will be boots on the ground. You're working. I'm like uh, just mostly hanging out, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, come walk inside there with me for a little while. Uh, we we can yeah. we can watch a little golf together like we did in Vegas a few years ago. Yeah, that'll be good. I'm looking looking forward to getting out there. Maybe we'll grab breakfast or something one day, and we'll just uh, we'll we'll figure it out. It'll be a good time. Anything else, gents? Going once, going twice. Okay, so next week's schedule: DFS preview Monday as regularly scheduled programming. No problems there. Tuesday, very early, 8 a.m. Eastern is the mega preview pod. It's just going to be Patrick and I because KP's in route to Orlando. I'm leaving immediately after that show and going to San Diego. So we're doing it very early on Tuesday. And then we'll be back Saturday night for the post-event recap. That is the schedule for next week. It's going to be the coffee episode for you on Tuesday. Wait, wait, wait. That's like what? 5 a.m. your time? 5 a.m. I love Patrick it. Patrick said he'd go early and I said, let's go. Speaking let's go. of uh, coffee golf, uh, Dubai next week. Rory? Dubai. Has, is, is the field out for that yet? Uh, I would think. I would think so too, but I haven't seen it. But there's a lot of good. This is We're in a good, really good stretch of golf right now. Yeah, for sure. Going to be sick. All right, boys. Producer Troy does all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharme available at the Real GFD. Mark Immelman at Mark underscore Immelman. Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.